well, yeah, if I want to go to jail for contempt of court, because you, I think you got to keep that stuff secret. So I'm just gonna listen to this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> probably true. <laughs> just for us <laughs> it's for our kids pretty much hello and welcome to the pillow talk podcast brought to you by local flavor productions you can find us across social media at pillow podcast now here are your hosts nick jeremy and bill when you say all right it makes me feel all right Woo! Show you've all been waiting for. Has everyone been waiting for the show? Welcome. Yep. Yeah, they have. Well, good. People from last week have been waiting to see if I can deliver on my promise of you guys knowing at least you said two at least or three one, of these. You've committed to three, I think. I think at least two or three, maybe. My dog has put himself to bed. Nice. Yep. Little does he know we have to go B A T H R O O M later. <laughs> Gotcha. He can't spell. No. But he does know words. That doesn't make sense. What? That he can't spell? Yeah, that math doesn't check out. My dog knows how to spell. He's a dog. Nah, man. You ever seen Beethoven? That dog can do lots of stuff. That's true. Martha Speaks knows how to spell. Yeah. Those symphonies. Yeah, it's true. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I wish I had that bad joke sounder. Don't have it done yet. You don't have that done oh, yet? Oh, man, did I actually earn that? I thought that was reserved only for Nick. Uh, it's going to be reserved that. only for Nick, but I would have used any opportunity to play it, but I don't have it yet. <laughs> but it's going to be great. It will be good. Mm-hmm. I don't have any bad jokes. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just did a spit take. It's <laughs> just so funny. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so I commit to you guys knowing at least maybe three of these collectively. Hey, 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 Nick! Look. What? Put your hand in front of your mouth and talk. Okay. Now talk to Jeremy. Say hi, Jeremy. How are you? We're all talking with our hands in front of our mouths right now. Hi, Jeremy. What? Are we third base coaches? What is going on? <laughs> yep. He's, yeah. he's giving signs, everybody. This is not a video podcast. I know. <laughs> they all knew what we were doing. Uh, so we wanted to – so, uh, Jeremy, this, uh, this particular episode was kind of inspired by you before I quit Facebook because it's a horrible place filled with toxicity – you um, quit it too? I did. Yeah, I can't did do it. Did you really? Right. I can't Thank do it right you. now. Okay. No, it's it, that's totally understandable. I um, there was a, an unfortunate incident at work about a week ago uh, that resulted in me taking a slight beating on social media for things that my company may or may not have done. And um, after I offered an explanation, I mean, in which you you specifically or not me? No, no. But you know how okay. you get blamed for stuff on social media. And uh, I offered an explanation in uh, which 
many people took an opportunity to say that I was lying, uh, even though I wasn't. So, fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> Everybody is uh, entitled to their opinion. They are. I mean, even if they're I, wrong. I mean, let's be honest. Nine times out of ten, your company's lying. Uh, <laughs> on this one, yes, instance, but I have the utmost confidence that Bill himself is not lying. No, so. and that was oh. the, that was the situation. Is that I wrote a response that was the truth, and people decided that it was not the truth. Um, and so after because it's social media, people can decide what truth is. They they get to make up their own mind for what the truth is. Mm. Uh, so I decided, you know what? I'm taking a break from this horribly toxic environment, and I put a gone fishing sign up as my profile picture on Facebook, and I've been gone. So I say all that, uh, Jeremy. There was a few weeks ago you had a thing that you did on your Facebook where you were talking about your, like ten influential albums or whatever, um, but with no explanation. And I thought, man. Putting up albums is a really cool idea, but I feel like we should be able to do an explanation. So, yeah. therefore, our top ten albums. Yeah, and it's, you know, typically that, that stuff happens on social media a lot, and I usually avoid it like the plague. But every now and again, you'll get something that kind of speaks to you and makes you think about things in a different way. And what I liked about that, because somebody had tagged me in it and... It, it, what I liked about it wasn't the idea that it was the, you know, what you thought was the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> it was like the, the 10 most, the 10 albums that influenced you the most. And that really made me think about it going back through different points in my life of listening to music. Okay. What, you know, not necessarily what do I think are the best, or maybe I don't feel the same way about this particular album now that I did when I listened to it, sure. but it had this, critical impact in the way that I see music or consume music or enjoy music. And I thought that was an interesting way of doing it. So that's why I decided to, to when a lot of times when people tag me and stuff like that, I'll just ignore it. But this nope. one, I was like, okay, this is, this is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. No. And that's why I thought it would be interesting to kind of just see, because again, this isn't, you know, what do I think is the best album of all time? These are the, my 10 favorite albums. Yeah. Because they've all, some of them, as I was looking back on it, some of them just really represent a certain time for me. Um, others represent a certain place. Um, others just have music I like. And so I, I thought this would be a neat little exercise. Yeah. And also, as the, the text messages were going back and forth between the three of us prior to this episode, it is not easy to get to a list of 10. No. When you're talking about it this. It really isn't at all i was at least at 20 and that's when i stopped looking for other ones to include and that yeah now we did give ourselves one out um we did allow one greatest hits album yes but that was it and so you know that's if you allowed greatest hits albums there'd be 10 more i'd probably have 30 damn things to try to cut down yeah. and some of the stuff i cut off of this was painful to cut mm -hmm. yeah it was really really hard I mean, there's a lot of music that, uh, you know, I think we all we all listen to a broad broad spectrum of mm -hmm. music, and and like you said, it represents certain times in our life, or um, you know, things things like that, or certain places, certain. I mean, heck, there's certain uh, there's certain CDs that I listen to when I'm in certain moods, just sure. for the sake of like, oh, I know this is gonna inflict this kind of emotion on me like oh i need to feel better i need to listen to this or you know this or that and you know that's the power of music mm -hmm. yep so i what do you guys say you want to get started 
Sure. Yeah. You want to do number 10 now, first? Now, when you guys did your list, did you do this? Did you do it numerically, like a number one through number 10? Because I, I, I that, that, that was the bridge too far for me. It was hard enough to get down to a list of 10, but I couldn't actually order them. I ordered them, although, I mean, in all honesty, I, looking at the, the 10 I've got, I consider them all to be just fantastic albums. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all great. It's It was hard to rank. Um, I mean, I kind of ranked them, honestly, as I wrote them um, in my mind, but any one of these could be my top, my top, you know, album. Because I think it depends on, on partly on what kind of a mood you're in, you're in for. I mean, what do you, yeah, what do you want to listen to? Because I, I don't yeah. have just one genre on here, so. Yeah. Well, it, it's... <laughs> It's funny. I'm. Uh, you talk about social media. I, I, I got to thinking about this. I'm. Um, I, I got invited into a group. Uh, there's a there's a Facebook page called The Dad. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's one of the more. Well, actually, no. One of the least toxic groups out there because typically, it is just people who you don't get a lot of the political stuff that goes on and just the, the sniping and backbiting. But there's little subsets of this page. That somehow I guess I had commented enough on video game related stuff that they have a sub page called the Dad Gaming, and this is a great group. I mean, I've I've gotten into a lot of really good conversations, and somebody had posted something the other day um, that was kind of asking about your guilty pleasures, right? Like what 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 game do you like to play? What game or games do you like to play that you don't, you know, that, that the trendy set or the, the, the gamer set really would look down on. And I thought about that and I, I made a comment on that page that was along the lines of the same thing with music, because I think at some point for most people, as you listen to music, you, you worry about one way or another, what people will think of your music taste right? Like whether you're being, you're, you're listening to stuff that's popular or you're listening to stuff that is artistic. But I feel like now I, I, I used to be that way a lot. And now it's just gotten to the point where I don't care. I, I, sure. I if I like it, if it gives me, it, it's the Marie Kondo thing, right? Like if it gives me happiness to listen to it, I'm going to listen to it. And I don't care whether it's country. I don't care whether it's hip hop. I don't care whether it's alternative classic rock doesn't matter if I enjoy it. I'm going to listen to it mm-hmm. and I'm going to listen to it unrepentantly. And I kept that in mind while I was putting this together, even though you'll hear when we go through these, that a lot of these fall into really two buckets worth of genres. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. There's other stuff that can influence you across the board. And, you know, again, once you get past the idea of caring what people think about your taste, you just pick whatever you like. Yeah. 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 Well, who wants to go first? Give me one. Somebody. Anybody. Who wants to go? I'll go. All right. Go for it. Go for it. Um, just because this is the last one on my list, but it's a fantastic CD. Uh, it's a band called The Chariot. Um, and then the CD is called The Fiance. Um, the Chariot is a fantastic band. Um I'm trying, I'm going to try and pull up one of their songs here. The chariot's hard to describe because their music sounds awful, but fantastic. Like it shouldn't, the way that they play shouldn't make any good sound. Um, (laughs) 
the CD came out in 2007. Let me just, I'll start with the, uh, just with the first song. Let's, we'll just do the first one. Let's do it. going on there holy yeah, cow yeah 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 so they use a lot of feedback uh really really heavy um but it's just it's great music there's uh, there's a lot of uh like that that makes me think as, as i'm listening to it it makes me think of the mars volta a lot mm-hmm. like same type of thing just a lot of ambient noise going on in different yeah. ways yeah and and uh uh the kicker they're a christian band uh <laughs> interesting yeah so um uh yeah they're um they're really really great they're actually not a band anymore uh their singer and uh i don't know if it's their drummer split off to make a band called 76 which is really uh the same thing uh but yeah it's just two people and and uh that that one i think is um uh, maybe four of them so huh. i don't know it's just really great Really great, and, and 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 when I'm upset, I can listen to that music, and it makes me happy. Good, justified in my anger, but it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah, Jeremy, why don't you give us one? So, I would have to say, and I went through, uh, com- kind of compared this to my my top ten list of influential albums that I did a while ago on Facebook, and and this is there's a lot of overlap here from that, but there were some different ones when I thought about it. But I'm going to start with an album that I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of this band, but this one particular album at the the like formative high school years of my life, I, I've never been able to get away from this album. And that's the uh, the debut self-titled album by Third Eye Blind. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and it goes far beyond, you know, I think most people, when they think of that band, they think of the song Semi-Charm Life, which is on that album. That's one that most mm-hmm. people are familiar with. That is not even remotely close to the best song on that album. And it's one that I will listen to the least out of all of them. Um, it's the songs that never got released, that were not singles. Those are the ones that you go back and you listen to over and over again. I, I, I A lot of times, as I was going through this list, there were two things that I kind of thought of as I was picking these albums. Number one is the, you know, the, the simple question, um, you know, deserted island, you've got 10 CDs to take with you, what is it yeah. going to be? The other one is, what's a CD that you can put in that you f- do not feel compelled at any point during mm-hmm. that entire album to hit the track advance button? Skip a song, yep. yep. Right? Like, if you can go top to bottom... That's that's the sign of a great record. And I cut a lot of um, I was probably 25 or 30. And a lot of the CDs that I cut from this and I realized how much we're dating ourselves by calling these CDs. Uh, But a lot of the ones that I cut from this list were based on that. Was it do I like a half a dozen songs on this or can I sit and listen to every aspect of this record? top to bottom without skipping it and love every minute of it. And third eye blind for me, their debut album is absolutely one of those records. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned some of the some of the lesser known songs. That one is that's really prevalent on the one I ranked number ten, and not because it's a bad CD, but just because it was number ten on my list. Uh, was by a uh, Cake uh, Fashion Nugget. Hmm? Oh, that's a good, good one. Good CD. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. I mean, if those song everybody knows is the distance, but I I could still. It was funny. I was trying to. I was explaining to my kids who this was because they're like, "Well, I don't know who that is." And <laughs> as I'm playing the songs on iTunes. I still I haven't listened to this album in I don't know at least a few years. It's just I haven't listened to it. I still remembered all of the words to all of the songs. Oh yeah, so that's the side of a good album. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, now hold hold on. That's that is the sign of a good album. But you got to be careful because when I was in high or when I was in college and delivering pizzas during the summer, you would listen to the same songs on the radio. They got played over and over again. And if I drop dead at 99 years old with Alzheimer's disease, I will still be able to sing every word to Smash Mouth's All Star because I heard it so many times. <laughs> that's and because that's bye bye awesome. bye. Yeah, bye bye bye. <laughs> yeah, it ain't no lie. It's like I didn't listen to In Sync, but I know all the words to their popular yeah. songs. Look, mm-hmm. now everybody doesn't want to be a fool in this game for two. <laughs> it ain't no lie. Bye bye bye. Bye this bye is, bye. This is like William Shatner doing Rocket Man. It's a Rocket Man. <laughs> rocket Man. Rocket <laughs> Man. All right, it's Nick, gonna you're be up. a long time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna totally do that for a bonus episode. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and I'm and I'm gonna be high. <laughs> I'm going to do so, that to, to a cake song, and it's going to sound like normal. So my, nice. <laughs> Thank you. So I guess my number nine, if we had to list them, yep. would be the first, um, the first, it was a cassette, but it was the first thing I, first piece of music that I ever owned. Um, and I got it, <laughs> I got it at a McDonald's drive-thru. Uh the Big Mac song? Uh, no, it's uh, Garth Brooks' Fresher Horses. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah. And uh, gosh, I love that. I love that cassette. I wore the tar out of that thing. Um, I think it was a cassette. Maybe it was a CD. Maybe I'm thinking of something else I got through the McDonald's drive through I don't know. Anyway, Garth Brooks' Fresher Horses. Fantastic CD. Nice. Cowboys when I when I did my uh, when I did my Facebook influential albums, uh, Garth Brooks' No Fences was on there. Because no, no Fences I, is fantastic. Love, that was that was what I like. I listened up until I was a senior in college, senior in high school, mm-hmm. just because that's what I was exposed to growing up on a farm. Like it was nothing mm-hmm. but country music. So, yeah. which I, I I listened to it, then I kind of dropped it, and then now I kind of came back to it and realized that a lot of that um, '90s country I really enjoy. But man, oh, that. Yeah. That's good. Garth Brooks is good stuff. Oh, yeah. Garth Brooks is great. Great. Jeremy, what you got? Give me another one. All right. So next one in keeping with, and again, these are in no particular order, um, in keeping with the debut albums, one of the, what I would consider the, one of, one of, if not the best debut album of all time is Van Halen. Mm, oh, yeah. 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 That's another one. It's... <laughs> Another thing I like about that, I don't have this. I, I still need to get a copy of it. 
But if you can listen, especially to an older album, then this is one of them. If you can listen to that on CD and imagine how much better it would be if you're listening to it on vinyl, <laughs> that's that's telling. And that's a that's an album. There there are about six or seven albums that I really want to get on vinyl that I don't have, and that is number one on the list because I would love. Well. To just be able to drop the needle on that sucker and crack open a cheap beer, and there you go. <laughs> just and just go. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um, all right. So my number nine um, was this is the first super group that I was ever really aware of. Oh, I can't wait for this. Ooh. I know who it is. Um, and it's the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like the Traveling Wilburys. I remember I, that. I do. Um, and I was exposed to it, Jeremy, when we were working at Bank One, probably well, maybe yes. before you got there. But yep. um, I, I was like, what is this? And the guy who was playing, it's like, oh, it's the Traveling Wilburys. And I was like, what the hell is a Traveling Wilburys? And he's like, oh, it's Roy Orbison and Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and Paul McCartney. And I was, or George Harrison. George like, Harrison and Jeff Lynn. Yeah. And then the other guy who I can never remember. Um, and Roy Orbison was legally blind. So it makes <laughs> but, it, but it was like, holy crap, all these people got together and just played a CD and it wasn't really even available commercially. You had to like know a guy who yeah. had a copy of it. And it's like the first bootleg. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's a you want to talk about a track that you can just listen to over and over again is handled with care. I mean, that's yes. everything about that song is beautiful. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a and it's a great album um, because you can just. There's literally, I mean, there are five or six songs that you could just listen to on repeat and yep. never get tired of them. Mm-hmm. And then the whole album is good. So, yep, the Traveling Wilburys Volume 1. Yeah, that's a good lineup for a band. You you mentioned the Traveling Wilburys Volume 1, which amusingly enough, they released two albums. And the next album after the Traveling Wilburys Volume 1 was the Traveling, Traveling Wilburys Volume 3. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Talk about messing people. No explanation. It was like... Because I, I remember the, when I discovered that band, I went crazy trying to find volume trying to find volume two. two. Yep. Oh, no, wait, no, there, nope, nope, nope. That's not that's a thing. head fake. There is no and, volume two. And again, uh, and the reason we didn't know this people is because there was no there's internet. No, yeah, there's then. no internet. You thought you missed <laughs> right. something. You couldn't just Google it. Mm-hmm. Nope. You had to look on Napster for hours trying to trying to dig it up. And I think that's actually how I ultimately got a copy of the album was from Napster. Good old Napster. Which was illegal you mean, file sharing. You mean, for those. you mean you heard someone got a copy of it from Napster? No. You didn't do that yourself? No, uh, I think the statute of limitations is up. I totally like queued up five of the songs and let them okay. download over like four hours one night. Because yeah. that's how long he, it would take. He queued, up, he queued yeah. up five of the songs for download and three days later when he got them all. <laughs> I, I was and telling somebody about this the other day. To burn them. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, it's like you would queue up like four or five songs at like seven o'clock on a Saturday night. I would go out, right? Mm-hmm. You'd go to the bar. You'd go to the after party. You'd get home at 5 a.m. and the five songs would be done downloading 10 hours later. Yep. And that was and that was acceptable. And I and then I thought, wow, that's so cool. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Remember with oh, that? Dude, yeah. I, I, I will never I will never forget when I bought when I, got I have since bought that album. College. So. When I got my computer for college and it had a 2X CD burner in it, (laughs) it was like the greatest thing ever. I can burn CDs twice as fast. You were a god. (laughs) He wants to. (laughs) 
All right, Nick, what else do you got? Um, this isn't even the best CD, in my opinion, from these guys, but um, I'd forgotten about this band um, for for a while because their first when their first CD came out, um, uh, they were it was like a kind of like a flash in the pan to me. Uh, I didn't really see longevity in them, <laughs> which is funny because they're still um, one of my favorite bands. But I didn't think about them again for years until the CD came out. I was I was actually. Have you guys ever had a a band that you're that you see like that they were releasing an album and you're like, this guys are still around? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, Bowling for Soup for me. Um, oh, okay. Bowl, okay. Bowling, Bowling for Soup, a hangover you don't deserve, um, is a great CD. Um, that song 1985 mm-hmm. um, that they had, fantastic. Um, it got me back into them. I still listen to them. Actually, um, I don't know if you guys, do you guys know about the song 1985? I don't. There was, um, there's a band, do you guys ever hear, remember the band uh, SR71? Yes. Yes. So SR71 actually wrote the song 1985. Uh, they had it on their first album, I think, I don't know if it was the only album they ever released. They signed the rights over to Bowling for Soup for the song. And Bowling for Soup made it more, I think, made it more popular than SR-71 did. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's so, like the, uh, the, the, the Talk Talk sound song, It's My Life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know Talk Talk did a version of that in the 80s? No, but I bet you no doubt did a version of it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's a great baseline. Yeah. It's, I, uh, actually, the you should check out, if you like the song, check out the original version. I think it's better because it doesn't have Gwen Stefani on it. They, they released it in 2000. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Hang on. Did I get my story wrong? Oh, Nick. Well, hang on. Let me fact check myself. They wrote the song, SR-71 wrote the song for Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup released it in 2004. SR-71, it looks like, released it in 2010, at least according to Spotify. Mm. So, partially read. Okay. So, not on their first album. So, yeah. Okay. We'll let it pass. Jeremy, what what you got? All right, so next up... um... I know we we talked about the rules, and I'm gonna I, I, I got to go back to a, a throwback because th- this isn't a greatest hits. Although I, I I did my top ten, I am gonna throw a, an honorable mention on at the end from the greatest hits standpoint. But I know we had said you know compilations, non greatest hits compilations are available on this. Totally legal. Yep. <laughs> um, I had to think about this quite a bit whether I wanted to include this or not. So this is a a, a throwback to my very first. Pillow Talk episode, but I got to go with the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy. Awesome, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a yeah, good one. That is a good one because it, it's it's just again top to bottom, man. Everything about that record, the way that it's put together, it just going back to old school soundtracks that are not just hey, what you know, how many chart toppers can we throw on a CD? Mm-hmm. Every like the way that 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 record makes me think of. Um, John Cusack's big diatribe and high fidelity about the way you have to put a mixtape together. Yeah. That makes me think of that. And that is, it is my favorite soundtrack ever. One of my favorite compilation albums ever. And it has to go on the list. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good. It that one was was on my list before I had to make some scrubs. So I I mean I agree, it's a great great album. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna go back with a, I'm gonna do a throwback for mine. Uh, my number eight that I had on here was Depeche Mode Violator. That's a good album. That's the one that's got Personal Jesus and. It's uh, almost any Depeche Mode song you know is on that album, and that's one I could listen to beginning to end over and over and over. Well, Bill, for yes. whatever it's worth, if if last week, um, if, if last week my oldest son decided that he liked Nick more than he liked me, with that choice, Bill, I'm pretty sure my wife likes you more than she likes. Me. <laughs> my wife is a huge Depeche Mode fan, and, and that album. Is one of the only I, I don't care for Depeche Mode. I don't have anything against them. It's just not generally my thing. Sure. Um, that record is pretty good. Personal Jesus, I like a lot. I think the reason I like Personal Jesus is the first time I ever got acclimated to that song was Johnny Cash did a cover of that, which I don't know if you've ever heard it before. Oh yeah, but it is yeah. fantastic. Um, I don't put it better. I, like that actually got me interested in wanting to listen to the original, and I do like the original quite a bit. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cash because he did Personal Jesus and he that was on the album that he did Hurt. Yeah, oh yeah, from that album too. Yep. He also uh, also on that album is uh, Soundgarden's Rusty Cage. Yeah, and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was his backing band for that song. Oh, nice. Were they? Yeah. I feel like that's fun fact. Not... That's interesting. It is interesting. That's a good call, though. Good, good choice. Thank you. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, no, you're, oh. uh, you're up. I, I lost track of where we were. <sighs> okay, I think I took liberties with this next CD. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> this next CD will always have a special place in my heart because I've never, I've never laughed so hard <laughs> that I couldn't get air into my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> until I listened to the CD. Um, it's Adam Sandler's What the Hell Happened to Me. Oh, okay. that's a good... Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, top to bottom, that CD... It's is, twenty-five. <laughs> that CD is fantastic. From from the opening the opening joining a cult skit uh, to, to the goat. <laughs> no, they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a funny album. Uh, it's oh, it's just the, oh gosh, Memory Lane is a great one. Oh gosh, uh, the 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 farting psychiatrist. Uh, <laughs> that was the one they were the it was like the longest P too, right? Uh, I think is the longest P on that one, or it might be on Stan and Judy's Cured. No, I don't think it's on that one. The longest P. Hang on, it's on. That's on. They're all gonna laugh at you. That's the oh, first. I'm thinking of the wrong album then. Okay, you're thinking of the, the wrong, the one that the uh, first, his first right album. before. Yeah, the first one. But gotcha. the farting hypnotist, the joining the cult. Oh, what yeah. the hell happened to me? That one had um, "Ode to My Car." Yep. Yep. Ode yeah. to my car. On Steve Polychronopolis. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. This was funny too. Oh, I. The hip, I'm telling you, the hypnotist. I couldn't get air into my lungs when I heard it the first time as a <laughs> as an as an eighth grader. I <laughs> oh god, that's great. Okay, that's a good one, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, 
All right. Um, I'm going to go back to early 90s, um, whether you want to call it grunge, alternative, whatever, but another fantastic debut album, and that's Stone Temple Pilots' Core. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I had a challenge here because I it, I was back and forth between including this or 10 by Pearl Jam, but this is just like, Core is a great record. Yeah. That is really, really good. What are you laughing at? Did you? There's an episode. I was trying to find it. There's an episode where Billy eats a ham sandwich. It's called Mouthful of Ham. <laughs> and I sing the song while I was eating my ham sandwich at lunch. I was, I was just listening to, <laughs> to that song. I'm trying to find out which doing, episode was, it is. My son was like, why are you singing like that? <laughs> <laughs> Mouthful of Ham, episode 23, in case anybody wants to go back and listen to it. Bill sings Stone Temple Pilots. Back when we used to do these on lunches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I laugh. It's an amazing album. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay. It's oh, an yeah. amazing album. It just has some fun Pillow Talk memories yeah. to it. That's all. Interstate Love Song. I will forever not sing it like that. <laughs> See, and I thought you were going a different direction when you started singing like that. I thought that was a reference to uh, to Eddie Vedder because that's my that's my default Eddie Vedder voice. Sure. No, that was my. That was my. I was eating a ham sandwich, and singing Stone Temple Pilots. Do it. It also it also works if you I'd want to the make Swedish chef to be singing anything from uh, the early nineties. That reminds me, I need to get ham out of the freezer. Oh, you have ham in the freezer? Uh, some sliced deli ham. Oh. Huh? If nice. I don't get that out, then nobody's going to have lunch tomorrow. Oh yeah, you got to do that. Write, write yourself a note. Just it. Good, good. Um, it's a great album, Jeremy. Nice, that is nice, great. nice pick. Thank you. Nice pick. Episode twenty-three. Um, so for my number seven, I have. Uh, I don't know if you guys, Nick, you may know who this is. Uh, Crowder, American Prodigal. Oh yeah. Crowder is a southern, rocky folky Christian guy mm-hmm. and the American product album is pretty, pretty amazing. Okay. So, I haven't listened to that. It's got a good sound and it's long... good top to bottom. You what? I haven't listened to that in a long time. American prodigal. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it came out in 2017, 2018, something like that. Yeah. It's been, it's been like oh, a year, year I think. but it's a, it's a great CD. Mm-hmm. Nice. And one you can listen to with the kids. Always right. a plus. Uh, let's see. What was my next one? Oh, uh, my next one is by um, the band uh, Brand New. Um, it's called Your Favorite Weapon. It's their debut album. Um, the reason I like Brand New in general is because you can see with each um, each album their their progression in like what they want their sound to be, mm-hmm. uh, culminating in their last album that took them forever and a day to release. Um, but, uh, this, this album, your favorite weapon is, is their first one. And it's more like a pop punky, um, more sing-alongy, um, uh, album that just, it came out when I was in high school. Uh, it was really, really nice. And, uh, it's one of those ones you can listen to from start to finish. 
And it ends it ends with an acoustic song, which I always appreciate on an album, mm-hmm. which is odd, I know, but well, um, especially when you've got somebody who, when you have somebody who's playing harder music, if they can go acoustic, it yes. it shows that they can do more than just the one thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's like these guys have always been like if you if you ever listen to them, it's uh, their CDs are drastically get drastically drastically more like progressive. Um, uh, rock and um, it's uh, it's very interesting. So I was just looking that up because it, it rang a bell and I was trying to see if any songs popped out to me. But uh, Brand New has a 2017 album called Science Fiction. Yes, so lovely tie in to the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen yeah. to episode 125. There you uh, go. The, the gap between their CDs is 2009 and then 2017. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, there, there was a long time waiting for that science fiction album to come out, mm-hmm. but it was it was good. It was worth the wait. Jeremy, all right. So most of the most of the records that I have on here are probably are there at least bands that most people have heard of or are familiar with. This next one that I have, probably not so much. This is the 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 digging deep one. So I don't know if anybody is familiar. Certainly, probably most people know about Waylon Jennings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Waylon Jennings' son, Shooter Jennings, is a musician as well. And Shooter Jennings, uh, about 10 years ago, did an album called Black Ribbons. Yes, he did. So, okay, so Nick knows this. So the, the significance of Black Ribbons, and I actually, I read a little blurb about this in a magazine and literally went out within an hour of reading that blurb and bought this CD at Best Buy because once I heard the description of it, I had to have it. So Black Ribbons is a concept album and it is the entire concept album is basically the last hour of free radio before a fascist government shuts down the airwaves. And the DJ who's playing this hour of music selects this band called Hierophant, which is Shooter Jennings's band in this like concept world. So you get all of these, you know, an hour's worth of songs by this band and you hear all this different progression and all these, like the evolution of this band over time in this one hour, but in intermittently in between every song is this snippet of the DJ who's like, introducing these songs and the DJ is Stephen King. Yes. Oh, and I, I heard that. I, I, I read the description. I was like, this is too good. I, you had me at Stephen King. So I went and bought the CD and I was, I got to the end of this thing and man, I was speechless. This record is just incredible. And he tried to follow up with another concept type album that just wasn't that great. Um, I think somebody might have fallen down the stairs. That wasn't somewhere. somebody. It was something that got thrown down the stairs. So <laughs> I'm just choosing not to do anything about it. No one's screaming, so it's all That's good. Close enough. Yeah. But uh, if you are not familiar with this album, you need to listen to it because it yeah, is I'll check it out. great. Shooter it's, Jennings is awesome. The, the ending is very dark, uh, yeah. but it, it's it's incredible. He he does he does country and southern rock really well. Yes, he also does. Uh, he does the best. He does a cover of "Walk of Life" by Dire Straits, which I would put in the top five cover songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Write that down too. Bill's getting his phone out. Yeah. 
Oh, he's awesome. I keep notes. Yeah. You're a note guy. Uh, and then I, well, temporarily, and then it all becomes digitized. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I appreciate the recommendations. Thank you. There you go. Um, all right, for number six, uh, I have uh, the Black Album by Metallica. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I generally prefer my music to be a little more rock and rolly than other stuff. This list doesn't necessarily show that, but um, the Metallica album, oh my gosh, I can listen to that every day. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. I know that it's by most Metallica fans not considered to be their best album. Most people generally prefer Ride the Lightning. Well, yeah. Or Master of Puppets. Um, But for me, I like the Black Album. So, yeah, there you go. Metallica, Metallica. There you, you, ever go. Hear the, you ever hear the rumor about Metallica that uh, Hulk Hogan tried to spread? That, I'm not making this up. This isn't a joke. This is honest to God. He said this in interviews. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Hulk Hogan has been known to be a potentially huge liar. <laughs> uh, he said that he was actually considered uh, to be the bass player. He auditioned to be the bass player in Metallica. He might have auditioned. Uh <laughs> They have gone on record as saying, "We don't remember that." <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying we didn't it, we didn't do it, but we don't remember it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think about that every time and I hear. Considering Metallica, that's not a yeah. that, that's not a stretch to. But I'm like, <laughs> think about that. Hulk Hogan was going to be the bass player. Yeah, probably not. In Metallica, I think about that every time I hear about a Metallica song. Every time I think of Hulk Hogan, it's just it's forever in my mind. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nick, what you got? Uh, the album Nothing Gold Can Stay from Newfound Glory. Uh, it's a great Newfound Glory, if you guys don't, if nobody knows, is a uh, basically like the, they call them the godfathers of pop punk music. Um, hmm. They write a lot of really catchy songs. Uh, they're still touring to this day. Uh, and they also take out a lot of younger pop punk bands with them and open for them. So traditionally, a band that would really pull a good show would close the show. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, they traditionally will open a show uh, and, and put the young bands on after, uh, which is really cool. They, they do a lot of good things. Um, I really like the CD because it starts with, uh, a audio clip of, uh, <laughs> of, um, Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this book and this movie. Where uh, basically the, the it's the it's the opening uh, where it's like stay gold pony boy, nothing oh, gold from the outsiders. Stay. Yeah, the outsiders. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it goes right into the album and oh, it's great. They also put out a series of cover albums that I would put up against any cover album anybody's ever done. Hmm. Yeah, they do a cover of Frozen on their most recent one, uh, Let It Go. <laughs> really good. Of course they did. Yeah. Mr. Bolt. So next up, uh, Nick talked a little bit about respecting bands that can end a record with an acoustic song. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a, uh, a divergence from your typical album, and I'm going to go with a largely acoustic EP for this one. Oh. Uh, and that's Alice in Chains' Jar of Flies. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Everything about that seven songs is perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, 
one of uh, when I started to play bass, one of the first songs I that ever inspired me to play bass was No Excuses from that record. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, that is a great. That's a great album. It's a great EP. I mean, they could have made it longer, but they would have ruined it. But I'm glad they didn't. And that's one yeah. of the things I like about it the most is they they knew where everything good was. Like anything else runs the risk of being filler. That mm-hmm. everything top to bottom on that, it they they needed seven songs to get their message across, and they did it. Yeah, they did, and 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 every one of them worked too. Mm-hmm. It's a great great choice. Yep. Um, all right, well, my number five album uh, is kind of an interesting one. You guys remember back in the late 90s, there was a big swing movement that started? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't like oh, where I this is going. I really hope you did what I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and everybody was all about the Brian Setzer Orchestra. That was, like, the big deal. Well, personally, uh, I preferred uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yep. Yes. And uh, so Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's self-titled album, uh, that's my number five. Because let me tell you something, that album just makes you happy. That is a For happy anybody album. who doesn't know who this is, uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was the swing band that was in the movie Swingers. Yes. Yes. That is. So, yeah. I'm putting all of these. I, I want you guys to know I'm, I'm typing in all of these to my, uh, <laughs> to my Spotify. So I have a history of them. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, the other one, too, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, did the uh, for fans of Phineas and Ferb, the "Christmas Is Starting Now" song from the Phineas and Ferb Christmas special. Is he did that Voodoo song? Daddy. Yep. Interesting. Christmas is starting now. Yep. That's awesome. No one swings as hard as the Big Bad Voodoo Band. That's a line from a song. Huh? Yeah, I because uh, I would drive to Michigan quite a bit from Central Illinois before I moved up here, and. Uh, either on the drive up here or the drive home, I almost always listen to that CD because that's 35 minutes where you could just, I mean, you'd be going 90. Yeah. Just because it's just, it gets you going. So anyway, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Good stuff. Nick? Uh, This is the first, um, yeah, the first punk CD I ever listened to. Uh, They got me into punk rock music. Um, Operation Ivy's self-titled, um, uh, it was a CD. It was basically a compilation of all their all, uh, EPs uh, put together. Um, Operation Ivy, great band. Um, the band uh, Rancid is basically the evolution of Operation Ivy. Okay. Um, uh, so if you like Rancid, you'd like Operation Ivy. Um, really, really great. So this is this is like if you like Pearl Jam, you would like Mother Love Bone type of thing, like yeah. earlier phase. Okay, yeah. got like it. my my favorite thing about punk music was always like finding a band, and then finding the band before that band, and it basically like being like, oh, this is how it started, like mm-hmm. Green Day, and the band Pinhead Gunpowder, uh, like was was um, was the band before Green Day. And so, yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Take it, a, take it a, a level back and hear where they were at before they were who they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really fun. Awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Jeremy? One of the best records that I have in my car to listen to with the windows down in the summertime is Led Zeppelin II. Mm. Ooh, yeah. That is a windows down 
just crank the volume up. Amazing album. Led Zeppelin doesn't get enough love. They get a lot of love. They get a lot lot of love. But it's not enough. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I like that album is if you want to talk about, you put that thing in the CD player, the first notes that hit you are the beginning drum beats to whole lot of love. Man, what a great way to start an album. <laughs> and that that goes to show you too. I mean, uh, that tracking is an important part of albums. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I can think of a few albums that if they switched the tracking around it would have just been a much better experience. Yeah, better better or worse or worse. True. True. So Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um all right, number, number 4 um, I went with a movie soundtrack because oh. I figured it would count. Uh, I went with the movie soundtrack to the movie The Blues Brothers. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Just because I love the movie, um, you know, Chicago born and raised. And so sure. yeah, the Blues Brothers was always a, I mean, I remember watching the Blues Brothers when I was in the fourth grade and that was a questionable choice for my parents, obviously. But, um, we watched the hell out. I mean, I've, I've seen that movie hundreds of times. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it's a great, a great album. I can listen to it front to back, top to bottom over and over again. So, yep. Yeah. That is a, that's a good album. The only thing it doesn't have on it, soul man. Yeah. If it had soul man on it. It would be a perfect album, but oh, sure. it's not in the movie. So true. But that is a good song. Yeah. I got to download some Sam and Dave. If you want to hear soul man. Yep. Nice. Nick, what you got? Uh, my number three album uh, will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, it's a, a day to remember, um, and their name was Treason. Uh, this is their first record that they ever released. It was from, um, they released on a small record label called uh, Indonola Records. Um, the reason that uh, I, I enjoy this band, because um, they're really big now. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty big. Uh, they, they go on a lot of big tours. They play stadiums. They do a lot of stuff. I saw this band, and this is going to tell you how long ago it was. When this CD came out, I found them on a, a site called um, Pure Volume where you could release your own music on there for people to listen to basically for free. Um, I saw this band at a MySpace Internet Cafe oh. in, yeah, in, uh, in Detroit in front of five people. Nice. Uh, yeah, like like five people came to see these guys. Um, they hung, you know, you got to like talk. You were talking to them after the show. They hung out. They were in the crowd with you, like watching the other bands. It was, cra- it's crazy to think of where these guys are now. But that'll, I'll always remember that. That was that was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. That song also ends with an acoustic song, or that CD also ends with an acoustic song, Man. which is interesting. It is. We're gonna have to scrub your list for acoustic songs, Nick. Yeah, I might have to. Maybe I. Maybe I really like acoustic. Music. You might. Jeremy. All right. So my next entry on the list, um, I'm gonna put it on here for a very particular reason, um, and I think this band probably gets a lot. W- w- the band will probably get a lot of eye rolls, but this one in particular is probably still to this day 
if you sit like in a quiet room, headphones in, on, whatever you want to call it, is probably the best produced album I've ever heard. Just the way that every track is put together, the way that every, to listen to it, the way that everything is seamless and the way that it's all edited together. And that's Dave Matthews Band before these crowded streets. Ooh. And if, you might you might get a you might get an eye roll on that, but I would challenge anybody to take that album in particular, go into a quiet room, put your headphones on, and just listen to the way that record is put together. I can appreciate some Dave Matthews band. So it's funny you say that because um, my number three album is Dave Matthews Band Crash. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and and so so. 1995 to 96, uh, I was going to Loyola in Chicago, and I was commuting from the south suburbs every day. So I was in the car a lot. Uh, I got the album Crash, fell in love with it, put it on a tape, put it in the car, listened to it so much because I had a essentially a, I had a hour plus commute into school, an hour plus commute back, and then I had um, I had because I worked in Homewood, so I had like. 25 minutes to work and 25 minutes back. And I could listen to that album four times a day. And I did a a lot. Um, I wore out the tape that I had recorded the CD onto, like broke the tape because I listened to it so many times. Nice. And then, and then thought, well, if I've listened to it this much, I should just go buy the tape. So I went to like Sam Goody or whatever and bought the album a second time. I don't listen to this much anymore. It's just not, in the normal rotation. But as I was looking through these albums that I own, I was like, Oh my gosh. And it's just, it, it, it takes you, this is the perfect example for me of taking me back to a place and taking Mm -hmm. me back. Mm -hmm. Just the power of music to, to just completely transport you. Like I can put that album on right now. I can close my eyes and I'm on the Dan Ryan expressway again. Um, and that's just, that's just how it works. And so, um, yeah, Dave Matthews Band, it, it, they, Jeremy, they are what they are. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think their earlier stuff is, is far better than the stuff, yes. than the later stuff. But um, for me, it was the second, I guess it's technically the third, but whatever. Yeah, um, second, second, like, major album. Um, But for me, it was, I listened to the hell out of it. Yeah. And to not include it, because I don't listen to it much anymore, would be, it just, I had to include it. So yeah. no, I'm not going to roll your my eyes. Their first three, again, like they, cause they had one before that, but their first three major label albums, which was under the table and dreaming crash. And before these crowded streets, those are solid albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you have to remember too, is for anybody listening to this now, late 90s, Dave Matthews band was gigantic. Gigantic. Yep. Huge. I mean, I I sat. I went to a Dave Matthews concert and sat behind the stage one time just so I could go to the show. Oh yeah. Now I don't recommend sitting behind the stage because no. it was stupid. But if, if it got you into the show, why not? But it got me in, and it was the only way I could get in. And you so, got to see a lot of Dave Matthews, but I, I don't remember seeing that. Um, DMB. B. <laughs> DMB. B. <laughs> but I mean, that's just that's how big they were. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Oh, good choice. Thank yeah. you. Right back at you. You know, you touched on something, Bill. This going through these these albums that we owned, that was like the funnest part for me. It was like going through all this stuff and being like, I haven't listened to that in a while. Yep. I haven't listened to that in a while. Yep. Like 
I mean, that to, discovering new music is always fun, but going back and rediscovering old music that you used to love is even funner. Yeah. Like that, that was, uh, Jeremy, this is the best idea that you've ever had. Uh, this was, yeah, fantastic. I don't have too many of them, so that's good. Well, <laughs> add this one to the list. Mark it down. So, Nick, what do you got? I think we're up to number two. This this album will probably get eye rolls just because of the band in general. Um, I We talk about like start to finish, listening to start to finish an album and how great that was and how great it makes that album. This is the first album I ever learned to play on guitar start to finish. Like I could play nice. every song, like the, the rhythm guitar parts. Not lead because I was never that good, um, but I could play the rhythm guitar parts, and I argued that the rhythm guitar parts are the best part of this band. Um, that that CD is Fall Out Boy, Take This to Your Grave, mm. um, which is okay. their first CD, um, and um, uh, yeah, oh, it was just awesome, and everything about them was great. Like um, you know, there, there's not only that I I liked the CD so much I learned how to play it, but um, they had a show at Warp Tour in Detroit where um, when the CD came out, I, uh, these guys were huge, like in general, before they put out this album. Um, uh, they had an album called night out with your girlfriend, I think was the name of it, uh, before they put out this major release. Uh, they drew huge crowds on small stages, like packed places, like elbow to elbow, um, especially in Chicago where they're from. Uh, so, I mean, they, they were huge there, but in Detroit, they were playing warp tour on this super small stage had arguably the biggest crowd of the day, like bigger than the main stages and the stage col- almost collapsed onto the crowd. They had to stop playing and physically cancel the set because there were so many people there. Um, it was, yeah, oh, they were great. That was like, yeah, that's peak fallout boy for me. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I also get told that I look like a pat, fat Pete Wentz sometimes. Well, I wouldn't say that you're fat at all, but okay. Oh no, no, little girls have told me that. Oh my god! Like, like on, like not just on like a occasion, like it's been more than once. Like people tell you you're fat often. Uh, not just people, random strangers. When I worked at Kroger, a a a, a and it was probably like a teenage girl. She came up to me and she was like, "I don't know if you know this or who this is, but you look like a fat Pete." <laughs> And I was like, I know who that is, and you're right. <laughs> like, thanks. I yeah, think. I think uh, that was just one time. I've gotten it. I've gotten it many, many times. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Good, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? All right, so in the next to last choice, I'm probably going to mess up the pronunciation of this because I have to go back and look at it every single time so I don't mispronounce it. But it's uh, it's Enema by Tool. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that is, as a, as a musician and a bass player, uh, and I use musician loosely, um, that is, that's a solid group of, of musicians. Love their rhythm section, love their bass player. I think Maynard James Keenan is one of the best vocalists out there. Um I love that album top to bottom. It's probably my favorite out of all of their stuff, but that's another one just kind of, if you're, you know, I, I said Zeppelin too is the, the roll down your windows type of thing. Um, this is a little bit darker than that. If you're in a kind of a bad mood or, <laughs> or, or, or you got something going on, but still a, a great record to listen to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Tool also has the uh, dubious honor of uh, turning the Bloomington uh, rock station into an old rock station because they no-showed for a concert that they'd overextended themselves on. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, would have been probably you know, 99 or 2000 or whatever. And the little, like, new rock uh, station that played, you know, all the new rock type stuff. Mm-hmm. They were super... Um, super pimping a concert by Tool, and then Tool decided at the last minute to cancel, and so then the station ownership turned him into a classic rock station. So, Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, Bunch that of a... jerks. To see that in real time is interesting. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. Huh. Um, for my number two, I, I understand that people are going to uh, look at this. I used my greatest hits here. Okay. And, um, interesting. I, I understand that the band is, uh, is, is widely considered to be pop garbage, but, uh, oh no, it's not it's not in sync, is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I went with uh, Genesis. Turn it on again. The hits. Oh yeah, both um, my, both one of my favorite bands and my favorite book in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think you made that joke last time. That's I know right. it's uh, second good we joke. That joke. But um, I mean, when I was a kid, loved Genesis. Um, Genesis, we can't dance was the first CD I ever bought, and so. You know, I understand that it's not, uh, it, it, it is what it is, but I'll tell you, they, they turned out a Greatest Hits album, and it'll, you can play that puppy from start to finish, and you know all the songs, and you know all the oh. words, and it's Genesis. So, yeah. Genesis, number two. Good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Stephen Lynch, uh, the, uh, have, have you guys heard of Stephen Lynch, the comedic singer-songwriter? He has a song uh, where it's called On the Night I Laid You Down. And it's him and a female singer singing back and forth, basically having this conversation about the first time that they ever uh, made love. And he is remembering the song that was on the radio uh, as a Phil Collins song, but it wasn't. It was uh, it was a Genesis song, mm-hmm. and uh, they keep arguing about it, and that's a running theme in there. And <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Uh, Fun. Ties it. Ties it. All right, Nick. What you, what's uh, your number one? We're down I to put, ones now. Yeah, I put this as number one for a very specific reason. I think we all hit times in our life when we aren't accepting new music in our lives. Uh, you know yeah, what I no, mean? Like you're like I'm full up. Yeah, you're like nope, no. I just I don't I don't want to find new music. I don't want to find new mm-hmm. music. I like what I like. This is what I'm going to listen to forever. Uh, this band, um, this band. I don't know how I I I. I don't know how I heard of them. I don't know how I, I, I found them. Um, it's almost like they randomly just showed up one day um, uh, in my, I don't know, my zeitgeist, whatever. I don't know, my, mm-hmm. my world. Um, it's a band called, uh, and I expect no one to know this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a band called You, Me, and Everyone You Know, uh, or Everyone We Know. Um, and it's their CD uh, is Some Things Just Don't Wash Out. It's their oh. second CD. They famously... Um, signed to a record label, um, got treated uh, really bad. Um, um, and this CD is like one giant like middle finger to that record label. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the lyrics and everything. Um, and um, yeah, it's, just, it's just a great CD. Um, their singer is really good. They, they write really catchy songs. It's ba- It's basically like, it's basically like pop rock, but mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's real. Oh, it's really good, and it got me looking at new music again. So it did something that nothing else could. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Jeremy, you want to go next? Yep. Um. So I know I didn't put these in any particular order, but I think you'd probably be you can make a strong case for this actually being number one, the one that I saved until the end, and that's the Benz by Radiohead. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Offered really without comment because <laughs> I, I think um, a lot of Radiohead stuff, um, especially everything that came after the Benz, you get a little bit into the electronic type of music. The Benz is to me a, a, a real traditional type of album. Um, kind of their transition away from that into something a little bit more experimental. But again, you know, songs like the, you know, the title track, um, High and Dry, Fake Plastic Trees. It's one of those things where if you want to just mellow out and relax and listen to something quiet and very chill, great, great CD to listen to. Mm -hmm. Nice. Which is funny because the one I picked for number one is almost completely the opposite. Um, <laughs> so uh, the one I picked is, um, and again, not the the pinnacle of songwriting by any means, uh, but I picked Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Oh, that was gonna be on that. That was going to be high up on my list. Number one for me. Um, one, uh, I was, and I think, I guess at this point, always will be, with the exception of their last album, uh, will always be a, a big Linkin Park fan. Um, like the last album, my kids loved it. Um, no, we can talk about that some other time. But um, Hybrid Theory was when it came out; it was so different from anything that was out. You know, the the new metal or whatever sound that that they were going for. I mean, the, with the two lead singers and the one who did one thing so well and the one who did something else so well. It just it didn't sound like anything else that was out there, and, and I mean you can make the argument that then everything sounded alike for three albums, but um, I, I I don't know I it is still one that I could I can put it in and listen to it start to finish and even today, um, and it just it gets you going and um, yeah it's it's a great album it's I love it and um, it was it was unlike anything. And in all, in all honesty, nothing else sounds like it anymore either, which is either yeah. good or bad. Yeah. I thought you were okay. talking about The Hunting Party was the last album. That was not. Oh, no. The Hunting Party was a good album. Uh, that, oh, that's why I was Yeah. No, no, no. The, um, what did they call it? Um, one More Light. One More Light. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can make a horrible joke, an album so bad, Chester killed himself over it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Can't make that joke. No, that was take that back. Take that back. It was dark even for me. I don't know that I'd make that. <laughs> <laughs> it was an awful album, though. I mean, there were like two good songs on the whole CD, and they couldn't understand why fans were upset about it. Well, I stopped but, listening after the hunting party. So the hunting party was a good album because you um, told me to listen to it. So. Yeah, the, no, the hunting party was the hunting party was good, and before the hunting party, it had been a couple since they'd had a good album anyway. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you've got you've got Hybrid Theory, you've got Meteora was a good album, mm-hmm. uh, Ten Thousand Suns was a good album, The Hunting Party was a good album. So you got four great albums out of that. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was one that I that was I was they got knocked off the list. I'd put that on there as an honorable mention because I used to. 
play the tar out of that thing. Skateboard. And that's just it. Over and over and over and over. <laughs> and they were just as good live as they were on the, I mean, they were great live. Um, just a good band. Yep. I'm glad none of us put Limp Biscuit on our lists. Well, they did keep rolling. Rolling, rolling. <laughs> Sorry, Bill, you just got to have faith that you... You just got to... Oh. You just got to have faith. You just... No, I just... I, I do it for the nookie. What can you I do say? All. You do it all. all I do it all. All for the, all nookie. For the nookie. Come on. Sometimes you just want to break stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to justify ripping someone's head, head off. off. <laughs> no human contact. <laughs> but if you interact, your life is on contract. Your best bet is to stay away. Hey, it's just one of those it's days. One of those days. It's all about the he said, she said <laughs> bullshit. I think you better quit talking that shit. Yeah. Maybe leave him with a fat lip. Why do I still know that? I don't know. How can we do that? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that album to get it out of my head. I know. You're going to be listening to Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavor. Yeah, driving to work tomorrow. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) we should probably wrap up our top ten album episode. You should should wear a red hat to jury duty and just talk like Fred Durst. Yeah. Can, Can you do that? Yeah, just get a red Yankees hat. Yep. Yeah. Right now. Go out and find one. And find a puffy vest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Practice your yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, if I'm going to do that, I'd rather do the James Hetfield yeah. Yeah. You can do that, too. Though. It's not the same. It's not. It's not the no. same. Although, to, to, to bring this all together before we let everybody go, because I know we do have places to be, mm-hmm. I did uh, one time see a Summer Sanitarium concert. Oh. That uh, at, during that particular show, it, uh, it was Metallica and Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit. Nice. <laughs> they were all there. And then uh, Mudvayne was there, too. So you've got, uh, you've got some Limp Bizkit on your, on your concert uh, yeah, saw Limp Bizkit live. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can say, you can die, it was, can die happy they had, now. They had crested the hill, and they were on the way down when they're I saw us. Limp Bizkit live. They're they were getting some hate. Oh, the train wreck that was them. Yeah, they were they were hot for a couple the, of minutes. Yeah, they were. Damn MTV. They had Nookie and then the one album. Yep. And we all listened to it. Obviously, Nick and I listened to it. Uh, oh, oh. Young Nick listened to some questionable music. <laughs> Limp Biscuit, Juveniles, 400 Degrees. I, you know, though I would bet I still have Nookie on my computer. Oh, in, in I iTunes, know. So, I, I mean, know I do. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, mm-hmm. oh, Once it's on your hard drive, it doesn't come off. It's true. That's right. It's true. All right. Well, okay. Thanks Good for deal. having this chat with me, boys. Yeah, well, hey, thanks Good for putting a biscuit in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you all for the uh, for for the great uh, list of, of albums that I can go back and listen to now. Mm-hmm. Yep, Nick's Spotify playlist just got a lot longer. It did. It did. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. It make the day go by a little faster tomorrow. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I listen, I, I, I watch wrestling when I'm... <laughs> It's that fine. works. Yeah. 
Okay. In between calls. Yeah. 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 I still answer yeah. those calls. Yeah, it's, I know you do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll wrap this one up. All right. This has been fantastic. I can't believe it's almost midnight. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that too. Time to go to bed. Yeah. Time to to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Tell everybody goodbye. Thank you for for listening. Hopefully, broadened your musical horizons. Yes. And listen to some good music and not Limp Bizkit. Yes. Yes. Or Limp Bizkit if they consider that good music. But seriously, check what you think is good music. If, you're, if you think it's good music, just listen to any of the other 30 albums we've talked about today. Please. Yes, please. Any of them. Desperately. Yes. Even the Adam Sandler one. Oh, definitely the Adam Sandler. Listen to The Hypnotist on Adam Sandler. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Nealon's best work. <laughs> okay. Tell everybody goodbye, Nick. Three. Goodbye. Tell everybody bye. Okay, bye. Bye. But what of the things that we've shared? What of all the, the sweet words that you spoke in private? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> Well, that's just what we call Pillow Talk, baby. This has been the Pillow Talk Podcast, brought to you by Local Flavor Productions. You can find more information at PillowPodcast.com. The theme song to Pillow Talk is Carrie Says All Right by The Hard Lessons. You can find more information about them at TheHardLessons.BandCamp.com. Tell your friends about Pillow Talk. We will be glad to get more subscribers. And thank you again for listening to Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk!